Hey there, this is Aaron from Funny Books with Aaron and Polly at IdeologyofMadness.com. Just wanted to give you guys a heads up. This week things are a little different. We're recording a special Star Wars edition of the show. And we want to let you know, beyond here, there be spoilers. So watch out if you don't want to get spoiled, because we're going to talk about all the Star Wars right here on IdeologyofMadness.com. A long time ago, on a podcast far, far away. Ten years have passed since completion of the prequels. Languishing in the darkness of disappointment, fans feared there would be no additional trilogy. A final trilogy promised more than 35 years ago. But the candle of hope flickers anew. Much has happened in recent years. Disney, Rebels, J.J. Abrams. It is a time of great anticipation. Passion reignited, Aaron and Polly draw their band of brothers together to geek on all things Star Wars, to carp, and even complain about the stories they so deeply love. This is Paul. And this is Tim. We now live in a world with Episode 7. Snape killed Dumbledore. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I had no idea that, uh, you know, so much was going to happen with Lando Calrissian in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Billy D just waiting for that phone call. Billy D, I mean, with a lightsaber in each hand and his, you know, droid lower torso. I mean, it's crazy. It was crazy. So, uh, so yeah, you know, we are recording on Saturday, the day after the official release of Star Wars The Force Awakens. And, uh, we have got many, many things to say. So we have preempted your usual funny books to bring you this week's Star Wars with Aaron and Polly and that guy Tim. And, uh, first off, let's talk about some trailers. Um, you know, I had watched a couple of those online earlier in the week. Like, for instance, the Star Trek Beyond trailer. And hated it, hated it when I watched it online. And when I watched it on the big screen, I can I can tell you that my opinion changed. I hated it even more. I uh, I didn't have that one. No, I'm you didn't have the Beyond off. trailer. Nope. No, and I saw Star Wars twice. I've seen I've seen it twice now. Jesus and I didn't have the Star Trek trailer either time. And I'm rather upset about that. I was looking forward to seeing it on the big screen, even though I've seen it online. I have seen it. I just haven't seen it on the big screen. So, Paul. Um, you, you, you've seen the Star Trek trailer. Tell me what you thought of it. I will tell you. Uh, so a couple of thoughts I had on the Star Trek trailer and not to turn our Star Wars show into a Star Trek show because I could talk for an hour about that trailer. Um, <laughs> so a, a couple of, I, I wish they had not gone with beastie boys in the trailer. I understand it's a tie back to what JJ Abrams set up in the first Star Trek movie with Kirk. I, I really feel like that was a poor selection for the trailer. And I get they're making a trailer for the mass audiences, but really when it comes to Star Trek, you got to appeal to the Star Trek fans first and foremost. And I feel like that was a, um, a bad move on their part. Um, in addition, I feel like, honestly, I feel like the movie, if you take that music out of it, the movie looks like a lot of action, which so did the first two. And I feel, and it's a trailer and it's, it's not even a trailer. It's a teaser. And, you know, everything Simon Pegg has been saying, because he was one of the writers on it, is that they went more Star Trek 
with it than the previous two Star Trek films. So I still have a lot of hope for the film. I don't think the trailer was indicative of what we're going to get in the film. Um, and I'm a little concerned because it kind of looks like Star Trek Insurrection to me. Yeah, yeah, in a big way, in a big way, in a bad in a way. Big way, yeah. Uh, you know, because um, Star Trek Insurrection was just a, number one, a horrible film. Would have been a, <laughs> would, would have been a really entertaining two part Next Generation episode, but it was a horrible motion picture. Uh, hey, we've had this conversation. We have, we have. But you yeah. know, and everything you said, Paul, I absolutely agree with. I think that you know, uh, the problem with the trailer is that it doesn't, it doesn't. It, there's nothing Star Trek about that trailer, right? I mean, there's, there's, if you took the Enterprise out of it and you took the Starfleet emblems off of everybody's uniforms, there's really nothing there to tell you that that's a Star Trek, uh, uh, trailer, that, that, that it's, you're gonna get a Star Trek adventure. Now, granted, the J.J. Abrams reboots, you know, are, are really kind of Star Trek turn, the action adventure turned up to 11. Versus, you know, the exploration turned up to 11. I'm hopeful that the movie itself is not what the trailer seems to suggest that it's going to be, that it's going to be Star Trek Fast and Furious. Um, that's my concern, is that it just, it just looks like an action movie. And as an action movie, yeah, it looked okay. Okay. I mean, again, you know, in terms of an action movie, you know, uh, Star Trek Nemesis, where you've got the Enterprise crashing into the, the, the Romulan ship, that was kind of cool looking. Still, it was a shitty movie. Um, yeah, Nemesis was still bad. <laughs> yeah, but the the problem I, I have with this is, you know, they show you that the 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 Enterprise just getting you know torn apart, and I'm like, how many times can you do that? How many times can you you know blow up the ship? How many times can you make the ship you know seem like it's just dead? Uh, I mean, why can't we do some other things? It just seems like we're, we're going to the same, uh, we're going to the same well every time. So anyway, I was frustrated by the, by the, uh, by the trailer. I can literally say there's only one moment in the trailer that I thought was, uh, interesting, amusing, or entertaining. And that's the scene where Spock and McCoy are, you know, on the planet and you've got these two drones ho- hovering over them or three drones hovering over them about to shoot them dead. And McCoy says, well, I guess we die together. And Spock beams out. And, you know, yeah. you know Sp- uh, McCoy's just typical. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was funny. That was that was legitimate humor, which is something that we're going to talk a little bit about when we get into Star Wars. Star Trek doesn't do it really well. And uh, I, I laughed when, when I saw that. But that was the only moment in the trailer that I liked. Yeah, and I think, the, I think you know, and uh, again, we're turning into, I feel like I'm going to turn this into a Star Trek conversation, but I think that the new cast brings a lot of humor um, to their roles, and I really, um, I, I still have high hopes. I think it was a poor first showing. I agree. Um, for I agree. the film. Yeah. I, I mean, and, and you could tell they're, they're, they're you know, when the tra- at the end of the trailer, it says beyond in giant letters and Star Trek and little letters above it. Yeah, they're they're clearly you know trying to appeal to the masses, but I think what they'll find is based on the reaction to this trailer, we're going to get a more Star Trek heavy, Star Trek feeling heavy uh, trailer. Yeah, pretty I hope soon. So. I hope so. And I I get it's hard to do uh, Star Trek in the, in the movies because you know when you're doing a movie, you're wanting to do action adventure and big explosions and you know lots of thrillings. You know uh, you, you want it to be a thriller, you want it to be an action adventure, that kind of thing. But you you also got to have the exploration for it to truly be Star Trek. So anyway, fingers crossed that uh, the movie lives up to that. So, so we saw Civil War. Uh, I didn't. You didn't. Oh, I did. I didn't get Civil War either. Wow. 
Well, I was kind of surprised. You got hosed, Paul. Well, I, I did. Got, I got the fifth wave and the finest hours. I don't know what either one of those things are. Nor what, should are you. what are those things, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> so the fifth wave is kind of like um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers by way of the Hunger Games. So it's like a teen, teens against aliens type film. And oh, the yeah, finest hours, yeah. And then the finest hours is Chris Pine um, as you know a, a U.S. Coast Guard, like in charge of a U.S. Coast Guard um, team, sent out to rescue Casey Affleck and his team on like a shipwrecked boat in the middle of the ocean or something. Um, and so I got those two. Huh. I got 18 minutes worth of trailers. Don't get me wrong; I'm not complaining about the number of trailers, but I didn't get Civil War. I didn't get Star Trek. I didn't get Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two. Um, Did you get I didn't, Justice? I did get Dawn of Justice in 3D, so I was happy about that. But I, you know, I did I did not get as uh, some of the ones that I was fully expecting. And the one, honestly, I've seen most of them online. But the one I was hoping to see on the large screen was uh, Star War or Star Trek. Um, so, so Tim, well, did your opinion change of the Civil War trailer? I I didn't. I never. I think I don't. I don't remember seeing that one. Okay. Because, like I said, unless you guys twist my arm and make me watch those things, I don't. Gotcha. Wow, was I jazzed. Yeah, you know, the, the scene where uh, Bucky and Steve are tossing the shield back and forth and just beating the shit out of Iron Man is so cool. <laughs> it was, and I knew the line was coming, but like when they have that conversation about – what was the line? It's it's when uh, Stark he, – you know, Captain America is like, but he's my friend, and then like Stark is like, but I was too or something. That was – Oh, as he's getting his ass kicked, that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it looks really good. It looks really good. And having it, seen Ant Man last week, I understand Ant Man's in it too. So I, I, I'm I'm pretty stoked. He's yeah. gonna be in it for like two minutes. Oh no, Ant Man's gonna be a huge part. Dawn of Justice looked beautiful on the big screen. It really did, and yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that. And I will probably see that in IMAX because I, I'm sure some of it is filmed in IMAX. I didn't get that one. You know, let me mention a couple of other trailers real quick, just because I know we're not going to talk at length about them that I had attached to mine for some unknown reason. <laughs> I had Kung Fu Panda 3 attached to mine, as well as the new film from the makers of Paranormal, like a new animated feature coming out in August 2016. And I'm, you know, I'm watching these trailers, and I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> like, I am not getting oh, – and I got Warcraft. I did get Warcraft. I got Warcraft. Which looks like crap. I got yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But you know, the whole time I'm watching that that Warcraft trailer, (laughs) you you know, I'm sitting there going, you know, what would actually be a good movie is if they took uh, Stan Nichols' book Orcs. That would actually be a good movie. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that with that set of novels or not, but I'm familiar with it. I have not read it. And so they're really entertaining. It's it's all told from the orcs' perspective, you know, and and why they're they're murdering humans and whatnot. You know, I'm, I'm like that would be actually a really good HBO series. <laughs> if, I, if I remember that one, isn't Ragnar in that book in that in that movie? The guy uh, from Vikings. Yes, I think you're right. I think okay, you're right. so that would be fun just to watch, just to pretend that's Ragnar Lothbrok. <laughs> the entire time. Um, so ones I got one one that I know I'm going to get suckered into because my wife is a big fan of that kind of thing is Gods of Egypt. Yeah, but you know I I, I got Gods of Egypt as well. Not a single black guy in that, and it's set in <laughs> Egypt. <laughs> Just kind of I, kind of amused uh, uh, at the, uh, how how white all of these Egyptians are. But you know, seeing Leonidas in Egypt, I'm I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> you know? 
Yeah, Onita's like, yeah, I'm going to that. And I'm thinking, yeah, you know, I drag you every one of these like here, superhero ones that you're like, meh. <laughs> so I guess we're okay with this. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did not get then... that to Egypt. Oh. Uh, you know, it, 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 it looked okay. You the spe- know, the I... special effects looked great. I, I just, yeah. I was, I said, I was stuck on the casting and largely because, you know, in watching The Flash, you know, you've got uh, Hawkman and Hawkwoman who, you know, the, the, uh, you know, Hawk Girl certainly seems multicultural, but uh, not uh, not Hawkman. <laughs> yeah, but like <laughs> you know. he gets reincarnated, you know. True, that's fair. That's fair. But when you flash back, oh yeah, it's him know, still. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're, yeah. He's just Lily White. <laughs> yeah. Well, Aaron, uh, just to, to to your point, they have had to apologize publicly for the whitewashing of Gods of Egypt. Oh, really? Like, yeah. There's been quite a bit of controversy about the fact that every cast member is white and they're all playing Egyptians. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, I, what I don't understand, I get that kind of casting back in the 60s, right? Uh, but, you know, like, you know, I, I've been on my big James Bond kick and watching Dr. No and all these guys are supposed to be uh, all these bad guys are supposed to be Chinese or, or a, a, a of Chinese descent. And instead of hiring you know chinese or asian people they hire white guys and they do this stuff to their eyes to make them squinty and i mean i'm just like this is this is as bad as putting somebody in blackface i mean it is just offensive you know beyond the fact that uh <laughs> the the racism in, in the in the movie is and uh, and the book where they refer to the uh, chinese negroes as chigros Pretty terrible. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Pretty terrible. It's it's a train wreck of racism. But you know, it's it's it was you know over fifty years ago. Yeah. But today we have not only are you know there've always been you know uh, uh, actors from these other cultures and these other ethnicities, but beyond that we have you know very popular you know <laughs> famous actors of color that you can hire for these movies and yet we still don't do it i don't understand it's it's yeah it's it's it, it's something to be ashamed of it is yeah, it truly is it truly is but uh off the soapbox um did you guys get x-men apocalypse i did yes and i gotta tell you this is the one you know when i watched it online last week i did not care for it I was not jazzed about it at all. Seeing it on the big screen, seeing it on XD, 3D, Real D, whatever the hell they call that, uh, it looked beautiful. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm down for this. This looks cool. I'm still lukewarm on it. Uh, it changed my opinion. I, I I was like, eh, I'll catch it on Blu-ray. And now I'm like, eh, I'll see it at the theater because it looked really cool. Yeah, I'm, just, uh, I'm lukewarm on X-Men in general, the franchise. So, Well, I'm lukewarm on you, Paul. Well, you yeah. are not. Oh, I am. I, I could take you are not. <laughs> you, you like you're like leftovers. We'll put you in the microwave. Some of you be real nice and warm. Some of it will be burning, and the rest will be ice cold. Yeah, it's in the middle. Well, yeah, I am ice cold in the middle. So yeah. it, it, that's an apropos metaphor. Yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. I like I like the, the X Men trailer. There you go. That was my lead in. It looked pretty sweet. It looked pretty sweet. Ninja Turtles two. We talked a little bit about last week. Oh, uh, I yeah. did not get that one. That was not on mine. Well, you missed out, Aaron, because it, it's awesome. Yeah. Well, I, I saw the, the only, trailer last week. The only one that I can think of that you haven't mentioned is I got Secret Lives of Pets on mine. I don't think I got that one. That's not ringing a bell. What, what's that one about, Paul? Uh, Tim? Uh, the people who made Minions are making a show about what happens when people leave their houses and their pets alone. That's basically what it is. And so 
Is this animated it, or live action? It, it's animated. Got it. So, so. Oh, I got Jungle Book. Yes, I did too. And Holy I'm, I'm, shit, that looks amazing. It does, but I'm like, do we need another Jungle Book film? I don't know. I mean, it's directed by, uh, you know, according to the opening trailer, it was directed by the, the, the guy who brought you Iron Man. Yeah, John Favreau yeah. directed it. But, um, but he uh, also directed Cowboys and Aliens, just to remind you. You shut your mouth. <laughs> we don't talk about <laughs> Cowboys and Aliens. Not in the company of Iron Man and Star Wars. We don't do that, Paul. <laughs> yes, no. sir. Yes, sir. Well, and Ron Howard was involved in Cowboys and Aliens, so I mean, it's just, it's just it was just horrible all around with really good people attached to it. I mean, you had Dennis Craig in there, you had Harrison Ford. That that movie should have been awesome. Should have been. Yeah, should have been. I mean, it's like, yeah, I don't know. But uh, I thought the Jungle Book looked stunning, and uh, Scarlett Johansson uh, voicing the the snake. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, uh, creepy as fuck. I just, wow, I, I thought that looked amazing. I was like, oh yeah, I am down for this. I really enjoyed Life of Pi, you know, uh, where you know, you had the the CGI tiger with him. And I, I just think that they've got come so far in CGI, I think they can make that kind of thing work. Which is why I still, still firmly believe that they should make a CGI watership down. You know? I agree. The Talking Rabbit book, uh, I just, I, I think that would be fantastic. So. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd see it. Oh, man. Love that book. Okay. Hey. Oh, Go wait. Ahead. One more. Yes. Did you guys see Tarzan? Mm-mm. No. no. I, I didn't even know that there was a new Tarzan coming. So th- there is a new Tarzan coming. It's got Alexander Sarsgaard in it from True Blood. Uh-huh. And I did not see the trailer with my movie, um, but I saw it online earlier in the week. It's, also, it's directed by David Yates, who directed, I think, the last three or four Harry Potter films. All the good ones. Uh-huh. Um, and it looks badass. It looks really, really good. I'm a huge Tarzan fan. Yo, I like Tarzan, I, I th- yeah. Yeah, I think he's a hard nut to crack, but I think this film looks really good. Now, I'm assuming live action? Yes. Okay. Um, so what's the take on it? I mean, is it the is it the origin story, or, you know, what are they doing? It, it, it's more like Greystoke. Oh, the, the Greystoke. Chris, yeah, it, it seems more like that, in that he has... At this point, he has integrated into society, and he needs to return to the jungle because of, you know, I, I don't, I, I think Jane's been kidnapped, or there's been some something to bring him back to the jungle, and he has to re-embrace his, um, you know, animalistic nature. And I, I think it looks really solid. It looks like a really good movie. Huh? When's that due out? Do you know? I think uh, next summer. Ooh, very exciting. But I do love Greystoke. Yeah, I think Greystoke's that's a, a that's movie. an under an unappreciated film, underappreciated film. Yeah, no, I think it's a good movie. I, 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 I it, it now all of a sudden, huh? I wonder if Netflix streams that because uh, <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> I haven't watched that in forever. So okay, so are we finished with the trailer conversation? I believe we are. All right, so I think that we start with Paul because Paul did the marathon in advance of of uh, episode seven. <laughs> so, you know, I am sitting at an airport in Houston, you know, trying to trying to get home Thursday night. And, you know, it's eight o'clock at night. Paul and I are tweeting and he's like, yeah, I'm already in line at 8 p.m. for a show that starts at 1 a.m. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for a sh- for a- Paul is in line to see six movies. All of which so. he owns on disc. Um, three of which are crap. Two are fantastic. One is eh. <laughs> I could argue but, that two of them are crap, but we'll continue. But 
the movie that he really needs to see, he's going to be in a coma for by the time he gets there. So, Paul, this is my perception of you. Uh, I want you to tell me how it really was. So I um, – and you can see some of this on our YouTube channel because I, I went by the theater just to kind of get the lay of the land, see where it was going to start lining up. I had all my stuff in my car just in case. But I just kind of wanted to see, like, you know, I, 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 I've been feeling a little bit um, buyer's remorse regarding this uh, this marathon for a little while now. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, but I was like, oh, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to go through with it. It's going to be a unique experience, you know, and there's some goodies. I mean, they gave us some, you know, some swag um, so for going to the marathon. What was the swag? Um, we got like a lanyard. We got a, a special edition pin. Um, a P- P-I-N or a P-E-N? P-I-N. Thank you. And uh, they gave us, a, you know, a good amount of food and 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 stuff like that. So I mean, it was the, the, it was cer- I certainly got my money's worth. Um, spoiler warning: I'll never do it again. <laughs> um, I, I will do it. I, I'll do a double feature. I think a double feature um, would be fun. But I will probably never. I'm sorry. I think a double feature would be fun. Yeah, you know? I would do a double feature. I will never do anything more than two or three movies ever again like yeah. this. I think that if they had broken it up over over the course of like you know three nights, that would have been fun. Agreed. Because you know? I think you can consume two movies back to back, but I mean, uh, seeing six movies, particularly when again there is a large portion that are, are just terrible. Um, <laughs> I think that uh, that's like being force fed. You know, it's like yeah. the anorexic girl. And they just got the feeding tube down your throat. That's what, that's what that seems like to me. You know, and of course, it starts at one a.m. Right. So um, after so you've worked all day. Around six, after yeah, you've after. worked all day. What time did you get up that morning, Paul? Six a.m. Five a.m. Yeah, yeah roughly. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just painting a picture. <laughs> um, you know, and I went for. Uh, no, I went to just kind of see, and I look, and there's like a dozen people in line already. And this was at what time? Six thirty. Oh shit. And I was like. Mm, shun of a bitch. <laughs> um, but I was like, no. The, the the problem with with it is that you you don't want shitty seats for twenty hours worth of movie viewing. So <laughs> you you have to get a good spot in line. No, absolutely. Oh god. So, so I went ahead and grabbed my chair and I got in line. And I will tell you, the line experience was fine. Um, a local radio station came out and a guy interviewed me and I talked to him about the website. Oh, good. Um, you know, uh, FM, uh, FM 99 was out there and they were interviewing people for the morning show and I have not heard it. I haven't, so I don't know if he cut all that, call of it, cut all of it out. But, um, you know, so we chatted a little bit about, about that and, you know, it, it was fun and the, they ordered pizza for everyone in line. Um, and they let us in at 11. So, I mean, it still was a long time, but it went, it went pretty quickly, actually. Um, and they let us in at 11 and, you know, I got the seats that I was hoping to get, obviously. Um, but I mean, there were, it was you and a buddy, right? Yes. Okay. And um, you know, so I got the seats I wanted, and uh, you know, uh, when the film started at one o'clock, I will tell you, I I slept a portion of each one of the first six movies. <laughs> um, you know, I, I probably got almost a full night's sleep <laughs> um, sitting in the theater because I slept. I, I saw the beginning, the pod race, and the duel of the fates. Is pretty much all I saw from episode one, and that's really all you need to see. The, yeah, the yeah, the, the duel. Yeah. Episode two, I don't know. Uh, I probably I saw the beginning and I saw the end. I saw the majority of episode three, um, 
I slept through a good portion of episode four, and I pretty much saw all of five and six, except for, you know, brief periods in the middle where I conked out. I mean, I seriously slept through most of those films. Um, but, I mean, so in the morning, uh, other than the pizza, in the morning after – there was an hour – there was like an hour and 45-minute break um, between the first – the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy and about a half-hour break in between films. Um, so during the hour and a half break, uh, you know, you walk out and it's like eight o'clock in the morning, something like that. And, uh, they had donuts and bagels, uh, for folks in the theater. Um, they also set up, a, I don't know if your theaters did this, but, um, the star Lucasfilm had uh, a merchandise booth with a uh, premier exclusive merchandise. So you, you know, you can get the premier date or commemorative, commemorative ticket, uh, commemorative shirts, things like that. Um, and, uh, you know, then, then, the, then, you know, you watch the original trilogy and then there's another like hour and 45 minute break before the, uh, the, the episode seven. And, uh, so, but you still see episode seven at 7 PM, just like everybody else. And so it was, I, I, you know, it, it was a good experience, but it's one that I will never repeat. Yeah. Um, no, no, like yeah. you said, I own all these movies on DVD or Blu-ray, you know, I kind of wanted to go for the swag and for the experience because I've never done anything like that before. But the fact that I slept through the majority of those films, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, if I'm going to, I'm just going to go well rested for episode eight, basically. And I'm going to go yeah. into reserve seating theater so I can show up whenever the hell I want and just enjoy it. There you know, Aaron, his answer to why he did this is basically the same answer he gave us to why he tried heroin. Exactly. exactly. It was a good experience. I'm not going to do it again, but I'd yeah. never done it before. Yeah. Like he says. <laughs> Well, and and the same reason why he tried, and the same reason why he tried the double Dutch rotter. So, you know. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that that I'm willing to do at least one more time <laughs> with the right rudder. So, Tim, tell me about yours. Um, so, I sent the social secretary a few days ago to go get tickets. Tickets acquired to the eight o'clock show. Um, you saw it last night. Yep, okay. I saw it last night. Oh no, no, Thursday, Thursday night. Oh, okay. Thursday. You saw it before I did. Um, well, yes, because as we talked about in my in our in our previous conversation a week ago, it's like I don't know if I want to go see this opening weekend. It's going to be stupid, and you guys are all basically you're off this podcast if you don't watch this goddamn movie before we talk about it. <laughs> that, so that was the subtext. Yeah, that was, that's what I got from it. Yeah. Yeah. So I uh, <laughs> she got tickets. We got there an hour early. There was no line. Um, our our theater there's. I don't know, 14 screens, 12 of them are Star Wars. Right. So I don't know if that was normal. I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. So we, uh, there was no line, got in. Uh, we got to sit middle, middle, middle row, like force froze up. It was, you know, it was, it, it got crowded, but, you know, being there an hour early and that many screens, we were fine. Yeah. So, I mean, as far as that goes, the only bitch I have is that it was it was the eight o'clock show on Thursday. So there had already been like a, f- a couple waves of the seven o'clock. Right? There's no commemorative cups left. Oh yeah. I'm like, what? I could see we ran out on Thursday because you know we ran out. People on Friday don't get them because we're out. But sure. really. <laughs> How many did you have? A hundred? We had five. Five. And they were all taken by the employees. Yeah, so they gave me the Superman, Batman one. It's like, thanks for nothing. <laughs> um, you know, uh, yeah, that, that was that was the there was yeah that was the experience. Uh, it was hard getting parking, um, but uh, 
uh, once that was acquired, we were we were we were pretty good. So yeah, no no problems, no stupid. I decided to go to six movies and have to pee eight times, like Paul. Um, <laughs> yeah. Speaking uh, of which, Tim, I do have to say something. Apparently, I like to sit in the same row as people who don't like to get up from their seats, <laughs> even between films. Uh-huh. Because, like, no one in my row left. It seemed to me like no one in my row left. Like, I had to step over people every time I had to go to the restroom. And I only went to between films. I, did, I wasn't that guy that I went in, you know, during the film. But every time I had to go, and no one was getting up, I, you know, I would wait and be like, no one's getting up. I'm like, camels. I was surrounded by camels. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. I so, Aaron. so I saw it Friday morning at eight thirty at the at a Cinemark where they have it in their XD 3D Real D uh, cinema, which is I think this is the first time I've seen it in one of theirs, and that's a nice theater. Um, I the the screen's nice. The the uh, uh, seats were were you know the big red comfy red leather uh, business. Uh, it was nice. It was a nice theater. Um, I called the box. I bought my ticket, uh, last, a week ago Sunday and, you know, called the theater probably Wednesday and said, Hey, you know, I'm seeing an 8.30 show. I think it's your first show of the day. Um, what time are y'all going to open the box office? And they said, Oh, it'll be eight o'clock. We'll open it at 8 a.m. You know, what time are you going to open the theater so people can come in? And cause, you know, the beauty of seeing it as your first theater is once the doors are open to the building, you can just go straight into your theater, right? You don't have to wait for, for the show to get out. You don't have to queue up in the hallway, that kind of thing. So, uh, all right, great. So I get there at 7.30 cause I'm like, you know, how, how, number one, kids were still in school yesterday. They didn't get out, uh, here locally until after 12. So, you know, for the holiday. So, you know, I'm like, I'm going to beat the kids. Uh, so I'm just going to have, you know, either the unemployed guys or, you know, the guys who took the day off uh, to come see the movie. So I got there and I'm like maybe the 14th person in line by the time I get there. And I am wearing my uh, Star Trek hoodie and my Star Trek ball cap. And the uh, <laughs> just because I want to bait people. <laughs> I was wondering if this was a choice. It's like, yeah, it you was. just like get dressed in the dark, like, oh shit. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I had been joking that I was going to do that all along, but, uh, my actual plan, I, it was, I was going to, I mean, I, 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 I can confess, I actually thought about what I was going to wear. And earlier in the week when it was supposed to be warmer, I was going, I've got this great, uh, you know, Star, Star Wars, Darth Vader kind of propaganda art t-shirt. I was going to wear that, but it was too fucking cold. It was 32 degrees with the wind blowing. I mean, that's not before wind chill. So wind chill is probably 28. Uh, and I know that's not real cold, Tim. I get it. wasn't that. what I was laughing at. I was laughing at, <laughs> I was laughing at, I had a propaganda shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Weather permitted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, it's got the, you know, it's got the Darth Vader and, you know, it's, it's done that kind of, you know, propaganda art sort of look and it's got the, you know, uh, join today. He can't do it alone. You know, uh, and I like it. It's, it's a cool, it's a cool shirt. But, uh, anyway, so it, for me, it was cold out there. I know that I'm a Texan and my concept of cold is much different than yours, who's from the great white north, but, uh, it's cold. And, uh, so I'm, I'm wearing my hoodie. I'm wearing my hat and, you know, a couple of comments are made. Now, you know, if you, if it was, I, I kind of equate it to, uh, a time in which I was standing in a haunted house line many years ago out in Forney, Texas, which is as far away and rural as it sounds. 
And one of my, it's Halloween, and my friend uh, is dressed up, and he makes uh, Mardi Gras masks. And one of the masks that he had made uh, is this feathered bird thing, right? Uh, and you know he's wearing that, and he's wearing you know a, a you know a, a black sweater and black trousers, and he's he's very lean. He's got that you know you know very very artsy sort of look about him. And we're standing in line, and he's the only one of us in our group who's dressed up. And here's the redneck going, "Hey there, Birdman! You, you want to kiss me, don't you, Birdman? Oh, Birdman, why don't you give me a kiss? You know?" <laughs> and I'm like, "We're going to be murdered by rednecks here." You know? <laughs> So I'm standing in line with my Star Trek hat and hoodie, and I, I get, I see someone wearing a Star Trek hat. Except it comes out as, I see someone wearing a Star Trek hat. And these guys, these two guys are trying to give me shit. And I'm like, man, if, if you guys can, can lift your own body weight out of bed, I'm surprised. I think you're probably having to have help up. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they, they, they tried, they tried to be snarky, and I just enjoyed their, uh, you know, their ridicule. But standing in front of me in line is a family. There's a mom, there's a dad, dad's holding the baby, and there's a boy. And again, it's cold. I mean, like I said, it's probably 27, 28 with the wind chill. And we're standing in the wind. There is no cover. We're just in the wind uh, waiting for the doors to open. And the little boy, mom's wearing a jacket, dad's wearing a jacket, baby's wearing a jacket. Little boy is wearing a black Star Wars t-shirt and is freezing. He's just shaken, just chilled to the bone. And I'm the whole time like, you know, you parents, what the hell? And, you know, I hear the conversation, you know, because somebody says, hey, uh, you know, is your son cold? And, and he's, oh, he forgot his jacket. I'm like, well, you know, you remembered to put your jacket on. Dad remembered to put his jacket on. You remembered to put a jacket on the baby. You didn't think you needed to make sure that your 10-year-old son was going to wear a jacket. You all knew you were going to be standing outside. And it was cold when you left the house. But these, this is all an internal dialogue I'm having. There are two guys beside me in line who are in their 60s. They're retired Marine vets, uh, fought in the Vietnam War. Uh, I know this because that's what their hats are telling me, right? <laughs> and one of them, I, I, I was blown away by this, peels off his jacket, wraps it around the boy, and the mom is suddenly just shocked that this has happened. And she's like, oh, no, he's fine, he's fine. And he's like, no, no, ma'am, I can't bear to watch the boy suffer. And he just, he won't have anything about it. He's just like, nope, you have him hold on to that until we get inside. And the boy is just, you know, suddenly just warmed. And I mean, it was so, it was such a beautiful moment because mom and dad were so shamed. You know, they're standing there in their jackets and their 10 year old's freezing and a stranger gives him his jacket. And I'm like, never would have occurred to me to do that. But this is so my move from now on (laughs) because it, it was, it was just a beautiful moment. It was a beautiful moment. I, I loved it. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say. I, 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 it's, it's, a, it's a Christmas miracle. It, it is a Christmas. Christmas miracle. It is a Christmas miracle. Much more effective than, than, than me saying something you know shitty to them, which is generally my move. <laughs> that's, that's Aaron's. That's Aaron's A button. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, it's, it's like oh, oh, let me pull this one out. This is this this one always works. But no, this was this was this was classic. And I was like, oh man, uh, you know, this is this is a new top ten for me. Uh, I got to do this from now. So uh, it was it was great. But okay, so we're lined up and, you know, we're not out there like, you know, Paul's lined up for you know hours on end. We're lined up there for 30, 40 minutes or so. When they open the door, we are lined up in front of the goddamn box office. 
they open up doors far down to our left. And so people who are behind me in line, and by the time they open the door, there's about 50 people in line. All those guys go in first. Uh, and I got to tell you, you know, I, I, I didn't have any sense of how big the, the theater was going to be because I've not seen one. I've not attended the screen before. But I, I there was this moment where I was like, so help me God. If I get in there and there's not not a good seat for me, and fortunately it was fine. It was a gigantic house, but it just, I don't understand why they do that. And if you know that a line is going to form, you really should designate, hey, the line's going to start here. Here's where we're going to let folks in. Don't let the crowd figure that out. So anyway, other than that, it was fine. And I got to tell you, you know, I'm always bitching about how lousy movie popcorn is. Uh, the uh, popcorn at 8.30 in the morning at uh, the Cinemark in Mansfield was fantastic. <laughs> it may have been because I was starving, but it was fantastic. It was toasty. <laughs> it, was good. it was good. All right. Next time, deprive yourself of food so that you exactly can that might be the way to go. That might be the way yeah. to go. But you know, I, I think the difference is, is it was freshly popped. Uh, you know, hadn't been sitting in the bin all day. It was really good. It was good popcorn. So we saw a little Star Wars. And I think now that we, we, we have talked about the trailers, we've talked about standing in line, maybe we could actually talk about the movie itself. Yeah, people are like, can you talk about the goddamn movie by now? <laughs> Spoil it for me already. <laughs> so uh, this movie, in my opinion, uh, did something that not any one of the prequels did throughout three movies. That I feel like this movie did like in the first 15, 20 minutes of the movie. I cared about all the main characters. And I'm not talking about the guys that I know from, you know, episodes four through six. I'm not talking about Han Solo and, and Princess Leia and Chewie. I'm talking about the new characters they introduced. They introduced Ray. They introduced Finn. Uh, I, I, I kind of like Poe, but I mean, I, I don't really care about him, but, but the two main characters, Finn and Ray, I cared about almost immediately. Um, and I think that's, that really says something because I never gave a shit about Anakin. And at, at, at no point did I care about Anakin. I didn't care about young Obi-Wan Kenobi. And, you know, despite the fact that, you know, crazy pretty, uh, I really didn't care much about, uh, Amidala. You know, I just, I never had a connection with those characters. And I, I, I felt connected to these guys right off the bat. Um, and I, I will say that I went into the prequels with the same desire to enjoy it. I didn't go into the prequels going, I'm going to hate this. This is going to be so cool to hate this. No, I went in wanting a good Star Wars movie because that's been my experience. Um, I went into this with that similar hope of, God, I hope this is a good movie. And I really enjoyed the characters. I, I had, I had a, a, a strong emotional connection early on. How about you guys? I feel, um, I feel much the same. And in fact, uh, one of the, of the high points of this film was the actors. Yeah. All of the actors, including the original trilogy actors that everyone was worried about because Carrie Fisher's crazy and Harrison Ford hates life. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, everyone did a really good job, but those new actors, I mean, JJ Abrams, you know, we, and JJ Abrams has a keen eye for finding new talent. Yes. I will say you think about the Star Trek films, you think about uh, Felicity and Alias. I mean, all of the actors that he seems to to find um, have gone on to to be pretty significantly great actors. And so I, I feel like the, the cast here. And I, I know you said you don't care about Poe Dameron. I thought that Poe Dameron was actually really, really good. I, I mean, he wasn't him. in it very much. Yeah, but. that's the thing is I just didn't get as much exposure to him. I don't dislike him, but I didn't. I don't, I don't think I've got a deep connection with him. 
Right. But John Boyega. Um, oh, my who, God. You know, and I, I don't know if you've ever heard him speak in his, his original. Yeah, because he's South African, right? Yeah, he's a Nigerian. Yeah, Nigerian. Sorry. And, um, you know, he, he if you've ever seen Attack the Block, you can't understand a goddamn word he's saying. Yeah. And in this film, he, I mean, clear and, you know, and um, Daisy Ridley as Ray. I mean, these characters are, you know, so interesting and, and so, you know, um, well-formed. I really, I really thought they were fantastic. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely dug it. How about you, Tim? I, I thought the casting was, was, was fine. I, uh, man, I, I gotta say, like, if it wasn't for Harrison Ford, like, I, I think Harrison Ford turned it from an A to an A plus. I really do. Oh no, absolutely agree. I think that I think that uh, <laughs> the presence of Harrison Ford, you know, and Chewbacca to, yeah. to a certain extent. But you know, the, the less Carrie Fisher, but certainly uh, mm-hmm. you know Harrison Ford and Chewbacca in, in the film uh, really lends it some credibility. But after after so long, it's like that. From from Jump Street, that is Han Solo. Now, what what I think hurt the movie is how much you saw in the trailers. So yeah. the scene where I mean, because you know when the Falcon gets you know sucked up and you can see down the down the corridor, you're like, oh well, this is Han and Chewie. You know, I mean, yeah. you just knew that that was so predictable only because you've seen it already. But beyond that, the the it deepened the emotional resonance. Uh, I, I think that that they just did a really strong job, and you know, to 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 further comment on the the, the new casting. Um, typically, when you go to a movie like this, and and you know, you, they they bring in you know original cast into something, you know, you spend all the movie going, when are they going to bring in the guys I know? Well, by the time they brought on uh, Han and Chewie, you know, and it looked like they were gonna we were gonna follow Han and Chewie for a while in the story and lose uh, Ray and Finn. I'm like, hey, I want those two guys back. <laughs> I mean, I literally had that feeling like, hey, I, I, you know, I was really tracking with what was going on with Ray and Finn. Um, so, I mean, I did. I, I was like, uh, you know, it was kind of a, a Sophie's choice. You know, which one of these of these very interesting uh, characters do I want to follow? Um, a little bit more about casting. Max von Sydow uh, in the opening uh, sequence was brilliant casting. I thoroughly enjoyed Max von Sydow in that. I did too. I was just, you know, I will say one of the things that kind of confused me about that was, you know, the the opening crawl mentions an old ally, and then they show Max von Sydow, and I'm like, am I supposed to know who he is? Like, I just saw all six movies, and I know I slept through most of them, <laughs> but you know, like, I don't recall him in the in the in the original trilogy for him to be an old ally. Well, I think it's you know it's you know. It's just one of those offhand references that they make in the opening crawl, you know, and and and, and in the Star Wars universe. I mean, how much have you seen of the Bothan spies, you know? No, uh, good point, good point. I just didn't know that, it, you know, I wasn't sure exactly if he was supposed to be someone yeah. referencing someone. But having seen the film twice, I don't believe he is. Well, I do think, so, you know, uh, Ray is dropped off on Jakku, the planet Jakku, Jakku which looks sp- surprisingly like Tatooine. Um <laughs> Enough to make me go, why aren't they just calling it Tatooine? Um, it gets dropped off on the planet. I would not be surprised to find out that that was Max von Sydow's character that dropped her off. Hmm. For whatever reason. Because you don't see who's holding her hand, right? You know, no. And getting her settled out there. And, of course, you never saw who her parents were. So I'm, I'm going to guess that he's somehow involved in that. And I'm going to guess that's something that gets revealed in the next movie. Yeah, we, we, there's, there's some debate about Ray. In the in the household right now. Oh yeah, who she is? Yeah, yeah. 
I, I have a theory. I don't know if we want to get into it, but well, le- so let's talk about Ray. Uh, Ray, okay. Ray is uh, you know has raised herself up, or you know, orphaned for absence of a better term, or perhaps abandoned uh, as a very young child. Um, uh, probably, probably just at the ripe age to be recruited as a uh, as a youngling into the uh, <laughs> into the Jedi Academy because she was little, she was wee, um, and abandoned on this you know desert world. And she has lived with the hope that her family will come back for her one day. And she you know subsists by scavenging material. She's she's like a Jawa. She's out there just finding technology. And you know what's helpful is that she's out there. Uh, there's a couple of big imperial starships that have, you know, crash landed, you know, decades prior that she goes out and scavenges parts from from time to time, and so that's how she makes her living, um, and that's where we find her when the big, uh, uh, you know, star battle occurs, uh, you know, the big escape of of Poe from the Imperials assisted by Finn, and that's how our how our cast comes together. So. You know, we we learn early on that Rey is strong with the Force. And so, you know, we feel like she's probably got to have some kind of backstory. So, Tim, tell us what, 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 you're, what you're scuttling about. So, how long do you, in years, how long do you think it was between episode, uh, well, I can't say one, episode four and episode seven? How, how long of time frame do we think has passed? Well, I think it's been 30 years between six and seven. Okay, so and like Ray, thirty years, something like that. Okay, and so Ray is what, like sixteen, maybe? Oh God, no! Ray's probably early twenties. I'm thinking twenties. Yeah. I. Okay, so I don't think the math works then, but like, I kind of think like she's she's like Obi Wan's granddaughter or something. Hmm. There's something. There's something about Luke being trained by Obi Wan and then training that family back that I thought was would be interesting. And because I think it's too on the nose to be, you know, Luke's kid. Oh yeah, no, I don't think it's Luke's kid. I think that I, I think that that yeah, she she's probably got a link to somebody that we know, right? And I think that's going to be key to it. Mm-hmm. But I think that she, I think she was a youngling in that academy that uh, Luke was trying to set up. Okay. And, and I think that when when Kylo Ren, you know, spoiled everything and. Uh, you know, uh, cast everything to you know, cast everything to ashes. I think that that you know they probably ran her off to Jakku to protect her, mm-hmm. and that's my guess. Okay. So, Paul, what are your thoughts? I know they really want us to feel like she's the daughter of Skywalker. Um, I don't know. You know, I I don't think she's you know because some people are like, oh, she's Kylo Ren's sister. She's the daughter of Luke and Leia. You know, but I don't feel that's that's true. Well, that would be disgusting if she's the daughter of Luke and Leia. I mean, you know, that's brother yeah, and sister, Paul. Leia. That is sorry. disgusting. <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> you disgust me. I don't know what kind of dark side sexual relationships you 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 support, but that's disgusting. Ah, <laughs> ain't so bad. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, of Han and Leia, the daughter of Han and Leia, but I don't feel like she's uh, I don't feel like she's Kylo Ren's um, no, sister. No, I, maybe Luke's daughter. I mean, they really want us to feel like she's Luke's daughter. Um, I, I, I I honestly don't know. The only thing that makes sense to me is Luke's daughter. Um, but you you know you could be right. It could be Obi Wan's granddaughter. I don't know exactly you know how that would work. It would certainly not be something that's been set up. And 
you know, with if if she was Luke's daughter, that kind of begs the question of, I mean, I guess maybe she was hidden out there to be away from, um, you know, to be hidden away from Kylo Ren when he went bad. Mm-hmm. But she's not that much younger than Kylo Ren. Right. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very curious to see who she is. I, you know, I think that is part of the mystery. Um, you know, I think there's a mystery. I think there's a lot of mysteries, right? Like who is Finn? Right. You know, is Finn just, is, is he literally just some dude who got snatched up from his family at an early age or is he related to someone that we've seen before? Um, and I think I, he has to be related to somebody. I think that he doesn't have to be. And I think that's, you know, the part of the misconception is that all these characters have to be related to someone in order for this to be, you know, connected. But I don't, I, you know, if Finn's not related and she's just a new generation of force bearers, that's fine too. Yeah. Well, you know, I thought it was interesting because at one point I was like, okay, well, how are they getting their stormtroopers? You know, and I know that there are probably other people in the theater wondering the same thing. Well, are these clones? What are they? So apparently they, they gather up the, the first order gather. That's the bad guys, by the way, the first order. Uh, they, they gather up children from other families and, you know, you, you get the impression that maybe they're not, you know, willing, uh, enrollees, but they gather up children, condition them to be, be stormtroopers and, you know, that's where they, where they get them. They don't, they no longer, and they make the point, well, maybe perhaps we should be using clones instead because, you know, Finn defects, you know, he, he, uh, abandons his post, he escapes the first, the, the, the first order and join, ultimately joins the resistance. Um, the, I was fascinated by that, but I'm also, as with many things in Star Wars, I'm like, okay, but does the timing work out? Because how long do they have these children if they're grabbing small children? How long do they hold on to them before they're conditioned enough to go to, to war? Is there some kind of rapid aging process that they go through? Um, that was kind of what worked. Because here's Finn, who's an able-bodied young man, right? And this is his first time he's he's been in combat. And the first time he's been in combat, you know, he refuses an order. So I, I was I was kind of taken by that. I was like, that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Why, if they've had this this kid for so long, why wouldn't you have seen him, you know, carrying a gun when he was 18 or so? Because he seemed clearly like 21, 22 to me. Yeah, well, he was in sanitation before. Well, true. So, <laughs> true. So maybe he is now, you know, maybe he's just you that, know, got that, the promotion. That is a fair point. I mean, they do say that. Thank you, Paul. That is a fair point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I, I have to tell you after you've seen it twice. I, I, I will tell you that he's also a big deal. <laughs> Star Wars uh, does a this movie does a much better job of comedy. Oh than, God, yes. Than yes. any of the Star Trek movies do. I always find Star Trek's humor to be a little uncomfortable, right? Uh, you know, it's just it's just like they never do it quite right. But there is a wonderful line where Finn is trying to create a plan on the fly. And, you know, Han's like, well, what are you going to do? We'll use the force. That's not how it works. <laughs> well, and like when they're talking in Starkiller Base and Han's like motioning behind Finn. Uh-huh. And it, you can't really, you know, Han's just like, you know, waving his head. Right. Behind Finn yeah, and Finn's reaction. Chin. He's pointing his chin. Yeah. He's pointing his chin. And Finn's <laughs> like, why are you doing that? What? You know, it's just. I'm trying to tell, I'm know. trying to make a plan here. <laughs> There, there is a good amount of humor. In fact, most most sequences, even some of the darker ones, you know, right at the beginning, you know, Poe Dameron gets captured, you know, and, and horrible, you know, it's this dark scene, it's the Kylo Ren's first sequence, and he's thrown in front of Kylo Ren, 
And Kylo Ren like kneels down in front of him and Poe's like, so uh, do you talk first or do I yeah. talk first? <laughs> yeah, it was <laughs> kind of hard to tell. Yeah, it was funny. Well, and, you know, it, it's clear that that uh, Poe is going to be our new Han Solo type character, right? Yeah, you know, he's going to be he's going to be the guy with the swagger. Um, I I, I, enjoy, I enjoyed his scenes. I just we didn't get to spend as much time with with Poe as we did the other characters. Um, but yeah, you know the the torture scenes are pretty unpleasant in this movie. You know, yeah. Uh, the. Yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, you you get two rounds of it, you get the Poe torture and then you get the uh, Ray torture later on. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Kylo Ren. Um, I have I have issues. I do too. I I, there, I have oh, really? I have two complaints about this movie, and one of them is about Kylo Ren. Yep. Now, so let me back up to something. You know, Paul posted a an unboxing of the Kylo Ren voice simulating mask. Uh, the what is it? The black label. Black series, black series, and it's it's a gorgeous mask, really cool. I really enjoy uh, Paul's uh, unboxing video. Go check it out on our YouTube channel, Ideology of Madness. Uh, it's really cool stuff. In fact, uh, Paul convinced me I was going to go buy that damn thing until I saw this movie uh, because Kylo Ren, who spoiler, uh, we later find out is the son of Han and Leia. In, in, in no unsubtle way was this revealed. Right. I mean, they straight up say, no. your father, Han Solo, on the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, we, we yeah, got we it. Get it. Got we, it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, he is Han and Leia's son who turned to the dark side while being, you know, schooled in the ways of the Jedi by his, his, his friendly Uncle Luke. As um, would we all, to be right. fair. Have you seen, have you met Mark Hamill? Right. Um, so he, he, there is this scene, and the whole time, you know, you're like, God, why is he wearing the mask? What's 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 fucked up about his face that he's got to wear the mask, you know? And so he takes the mask off, and he's fine. He's fine. He's wearing the – and this is – I mean, literally – I disagree. That dude was uh, ugly as sin. Oh. I mean, I'd wear a mask eh, if I was that ugly. So oh, he's, he's, he's wearing the mask not because he's he's got to, right? He's wearing it because it's an affectation. He's wearing it because the grandfather that he idolizes, Darth Vader, wore a mask. Now, Darth Vader didn't wear a mask because, hey, I need to hide a, hide my Christian my Hayden Christensen face. He wore it because, you know, he couldn't breathe without it, right? This guy's wearing it because he wants to be cool like Grandpa. Well, and so the whole time I'm like, seriously, you know, you, you've got, you know, you've got pretty boy here with, uh, who, who's wearing this mask and, and he's only wearing it because it's an affectation. So I had a real problem with that. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. So hey. here's, here's, oh, go, finish your thought here. Well, you go ahead. Cause I think you're probably going to jump into my next issue. Um, I, if he's going to wear a mask, Okay. And you're and you have this epic moment planned at the end that I'm not going to spoil yet. That is the moment you take off the mask. You right. don't take it off d- during the torture scene. Right. That you 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 wait the entire goddamn movie and you have it in that scene where he finally takes it off. Completely agree. Completely agree. Yeah. The, because all the emotional. Now let me back up. This is a nitpick for me. I fucking love this movie. Um, I, I found this movie to be tremendously emotionally satisfying. I thought I thought that the the drama was all there. But if you're gonna have a guy in a mask and you're gonna have him take it off, you know, I think you make it count. And because he took the mask off in front of Ray in the torture scene, you lose the emotional resonance of him taking it off later on when oh, confronted yeah. with his father. Um, I, I just I think that was a huge mistake. 
you have Harris, you have Harrison Ford say something like, "You look me in the goddamn eyes when right. I'm talking to you," yeah. or something like absolutely. that. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I am your father. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, you you could have you could have turned that scene was already emotionally charged. You could have just pushed it right over the edge. Yeah. And, I think and that, I'm I I'm I'm, I'm I'm with you, Aaron. Before we go any farther, that 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 no way detracts from the movie. It's no, just yeah. it's the it's the thing that was like, uh <laughs> yeah, no, completely agree, completely agree. Um, I was <laughs> there's this moment where you're like, are we not going to see R two D two do anything in this movie? <laughs> you know, because I I really likes me some R two D two. And, you know, when they show R2-D2, you know, just, oh, he's in low power mode and has been since Master Luke, Master Luke disappeared. Uh, that was. I didn't know, dro- I didn't know droids could commit seppuku. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, he, it was like where the red fern grows. He died of a broken heart. Low, low power <laughs> mode. Plug him in. That's right. That's right. That's right. You know, when my, when my iPhone does, does that, I just put it on the charger. Yeah, right. <laughs> do, do they not have those in the galaxy far, far away? So okay, no. Re- and, oh, is that your second complaint? No, no. Okay, there's no. there. Okay, let me just say this as well as we're talking about R two D two. There's absolutely no reason he picks that moment. Yeah, like yeah. is he like imbued the force and like he realized something terrible is happening? Like boop boop boop. boop. No, <laughs> no reason that happens right then. Like I would understand when B- if BB nine the first time BB nine like walked up to him with you know half half the MacGuffin he woke right. up that would make sense right yeah no yeah. just no reason just because so, the cameras are on what this movie did uh, you know the the prior three films the prequel films um, were really trying to reinvent the way we tell Star Wars stories and I don't think they were particularly effective in doing it and so. I think smartly, JJ said, well, let's go back to the original movie and let's do that. You know, there was a lot, you know, if you kind of sit back and go, well, the pacing is very much the same. You know, there is the, uh, the, it's a hero's journey. You know, it's, you know, instead of Luke discovering the force and becoming a Jedi, it's Ray discovering the force and becoming a Jedi. It's, uh, being called away to a distant battle. It's, you know, being caught up in these galactic events. Um, th- there are just so many similarities up to and including a rescue from the enemy base. Um, rescuing, you know, the, the, the woman from, the, from an enemy base. But I think that these guys are brilliant. You know, and, you know, Paul, you touched on this earlier that J.J. Abrams is so good at picking out talent and, and developing that talent. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed that, uh, our protagonist is a woman. And, you know, it's not, there, it's not just, uh, uh, you know, window dressing. I mean, she, she's out there taking care of business. You know, she's not waiting to get saved. She saves herself. Um, I, 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 I really appreciated that about the movie. And I know a lot of geeks were out there going, oh, you're really, you're making it all girly and you're making it all, you're making the galaxy far, far away black. You know, uh, I think, I think Finn and Ray were just such well-chosen actors. I think they were written well. I think they were acted well. I just thoroughly enjoyed those two. I, and, and I can't wait to see more. Uh, it's going to be hard waiting. What? 20, when are we getting the next one? 2018? Two years. There, Two years uh, yeah. Next year we're getting Rogue One. Yeah. So yeah, and then we're getting uh, this one. Yeah. Um. I I, I thoroughly in, enjoyed their performances. Um. And again, it's familiar territory in the way in which the story was told, but we do get to see some new things. And you know, there. there <laughs> I mean, Han Solo shooting uh, 
Chewie's no caster. <laughs> you know? Hey, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we go any further, I just want to say I, it, it sounds like a Star Wars movie because John Williams is doing the music again. Yeah, but, you know, I will say um, there was not a new piece of music in the film that I thought really jumped out. You know, like when you saw Phantom of the, uh, the Phantom Menace, Duel of the Fates is just profound, right? Uh, I don't, and, and I'll, I'll buy the soundtrack. And and Paul, maybe you're a better judge of this since you've seen the movie twice. What, did anything new jump out at you in terms of the soundtrack? There are a couple of um, good pieces, like Ray's theme. I thought was pretty solid. There are a couple of good pieces throughout it. Um, I, I think it's something you don't notice in the film, and I think a good score is one that you don't necessarily notice. It, you know, it, it feeds your emotion without necessarily taking over the scene. Well, and, um, I, and I wonder if some of that doesn't have to do with J.J. Abrams, because you know J.J. Abrams tends to work with like uh, Michael Giacana, Giacchino, yeah, yeah, uh, who is is kind of in that Hans Zimmer school. Less is more. You know, um, it's not yeah. real over the top like like a John Williams score typically is. So I wonder if maybe, you know, that was some of the direction that Williams was receiving from J.J. Uh, I'd be real curious to hear how that how that went, because I think that, you know, Lucas is very much, you know, let, let's go ahead and turn that to 11. Let's go ahead and, you know, uh, let's fire that thing up, <laughs> you know. But yeah, I mean, Lucas and Coppola, you know, I mean, they, they, these guys all come from the same school of thought with the music really informing the feature. Right. Um, but not I, the other way around. I agree. I love that John Williams did did the score. Um, my, I, I was just like, wow, I, I didn't walk out of there with with a new theme that really jumped out at me. Um, but that's. I feel if you buy the sound, you will find a couple of, of tracks. Because I did pick up the soundtrack. Is um, it available now? I hadn't seen it. Yeah, it just came out on Friday. Okay, well, I'll uh, pick it up today then. Yeah, so I, I th- there are a couple of pieces that I, I felt were were more memorable, and you know we'll take a couple of repeat listenings to really cement to my head. Nothing as instantly um, fantastic, or you know, nothing as instantly like smack you across the face as Duel of the Fates, though. And I think that, quite honestly, is um, is a, a, a unique presence in the original trilogy too. They tried with other tracks, but none were as good as that. Yeah. Oh, the Imperial March is as good as that. Loves me some Imperial March. Oh, yeah, but that's the original trilogy. I should say yeah. prequel trilogy is what right. I mean. Okay, there we go. So are we ready to go there, guys? Wait, in reference to what? Well, the the. Big oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay, one more thing. Well, yeah. well I guess – so this can kind of lead into it. Um, you know, because you guys were talking about Kylo Ren. I thought Kylo Ren was a great villain. I, I, I thought, thought he was a great, great. villain. I thought he was a great villain until he took off his mask. Oh, God, yes. I, I, Kylo Ren – he doesn't realize it. You know, he's trying to be, you know, as his grandfather, right? He's trying to he's trying to aspire to Darth Vader. Darth Vader, he he's he doesn't realize it, but he's already done it. He's already aspired to the greatness of Darth Vader because Darth Vader was as big a whiny bitch as Kylo Ren is. Kylo Ren is he he's just a little boy who who who's a whiny whiny bitch. Whiny bitch. And, you know, what What I don't care for, uh, what, what I feel like it is trying to set up, and I'm hoping I'm wrong, you know, Lucas calls uh, his original trilogy the redemption of Anakin Skywalker, right? That, that is the whole story he, he will tell you he was trying to tell, is he was a good man who went bad, and we're trying to re- redeem him. I feel like 
that's a story that's set up here is oh yeah let, let us save our, our, our little who's who you know his his assigned name is Kylo Ren as you know a servant of the dark side but his birth name is Ben Solo named after Obi Wan I assume um, I'm not interested in another redemption story because I object to the redemption story that occurred with with uh, uh, Anakin you know I'm sorry. Yeah, you can be redeemed uh, in terms of your eternal soul, you know, in, in the Christian faith. But I think there's got to be some kind of punishment. I don't think it's right to just, you know, uh, Princess Leia says, bring our son home. You know, let's bring our boy home, you know, so we can love him and keep him warm. Meanwhile, he's gunning down women, children, innocent villagers, you know, because, you know, he doesn't like them. I mean, he's he's just as bad as as the Empire was. Uh, yeah. But yeah, but yeah, let's just bring our boy home. You know, I, mean, I, well, just, I, I, I do want to say something on that because you know you watch the original six movies in a row and you notice things. Because <laughs> you know at the at, at the end of episode three, Padme when she dies, she's like, uh, "There's still good in him, Obi Wan. I can feel it." And then you know Anakin redeems himself ish, you know, in quotes at the end of episode six. Uh huh. He killed a lot of fucking kids, man. No, he did. He, ki- he killed. He, he killed the youngling. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he is a child, a mass child murderer. Well, and, he, and there's no good in him. And, and I mean, and to, to get to to hearken back to what a terrible person Padme is, she knew that he was a, a mass murderer because before she married him, because he killed all those sand people. I mean, women, they're, children. They're, they're not monsters. <laughs> they're sand people, you know, and kill women and children. He killed them all. Well, they were peckerheads. I don't disagree. Nonetheless, <laughs> he killed them all. <laughs> I feel like it was an overly harsh reaction to kill an entire race. Yeah, and enti- do a poor job of it, really, because they're still around. Well, he killed an entire village. Listen, and, uh, if you if you had a lightsaber, people would die. Yeah. Let's just be fair. <laughs> yeah, good point. Good point. All right, so you know, now that we're talking about Kylo Ren, yes, let, let's go ahead and talk about it. So you know, uh, Princess Leia. Tells you know I'm sorry General Leia Organa, uh, you know tells Han Solo when he's gonna getting ready to to, to head over to uh, the you know First Order base you know bring our boy home and you know Han Solo's original thought was he's too far gone we we can't save him but you know uh, Leia convinces him that this is the thing to do which you know if Leia didn't have a little guilt that she sent, you know, Han Solo off <laughs> to what happened. A ton of. Yeah. Because I mean, that's on her. I'm sorry. I mean, I know he made the choice, but he wouldn't have done it if she hadn't convinced him. If she hadn't said, hey, do this. Bring her. I don't think you would have confronted him. I, I think you'd have stayed away from him. Yeah. But, you know, he walks out onto the bridge. You know, there's there's this big bridge, as we have in Star Wars films, with a great, you know, chasm beneath it. And he confronts his son. And I agree with you, Tim. I think if, you know, you, you take that mask off and look me in the eye, that would have been a great father thing to do. One of my problems with the scene, again, a minor quibble. One of my problems with the scene is he doesn't really talk to him like a father. No. You know, when I, I think that I would have liked to have seen him approach him a little bit more authoritatively. You know, I would have liked to have seen Han be less pleading and more like holding his son accountable. You know, that's what I would have. I think that's what was missing. You know, again, minor quibble, but I, I would have liked to have seen that scene. Uh, you know, and there, there's this moment. I, I'm kind of thinking outside the the film and in terms of story construction. And I, the minute Han steps onto the bridge, I'm like, oh, this is where Han dies. 
You oh, know? Yeah. I mean, I, I hadn't the whole movie. I'm like, I feel like one of the original cast has to die. You know, I feel like to, 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 to give the movie the appropriate gravitas, I feel like one of the original cast had to die. And there was a part of me, I, I, you know, I was thinking it could be, it could be Han, probably Please. should be Leah. You know, I was gonna say, I, please don't let it be Han. Yeah, well, and I was thinking, I was thinking, <laughs> he was so good in this movie. Yeah, oh. he, he really was. But you know, uh, he he goes out there. You know, Kylo Ren takes off his helmet, and you know, there's his uh, pretty boy son with his long flowing hair. Uh, his big ass nose. Yeah, and who reminded <laughs> me? He reminded me so much of the actor who played young Sherlock Holmes. That's who he reminded me of. Oh but, yeah, I could see that. But. Uh, uh, so, you know, he, he's talking to his son, and his son's all weepy and whatnot. And I'm like, God, you are every bit as big a pussy as Anakin. I mean, I'm just like, <laughs> um, you know, and he, he's got the lightsaber in his hand, and he's like, you know, help me do this thing, Father. Help me do it. I, I just don't know if I'm strong enough to do what I have to do. And I'm like, oh, God. And, and Han's like, yeah. And I, the way he was talking, it led him to believe, like, oh, he can't kill himself. Right. Yeah. yeah, no, it did. There, there was that part where, like, you know, is Han gonna, you know, try and help this guy uh, off himself? But you know, Han says anything, and that's when he lightsabers Han right through the chest. And Han has this very tender moment, stroking his son's face before he goes over the edge, um, and, you know, and, and tumbling, you know, off to his ultimate death. Um, it was, it was a strong scene that I think could have been played a bit stronger. Uh, and I, yeah, need, I, I know it's I, easy to I, armchair quarterback, but I mean, it's yeah. just. I need Chewbacca to rip a stormtrooper in half. Oh, yeah. That's what well, I need. Well, well, I do like how you know Chewbacca. Not, not just, shoot one. Not yeah. shoot one. Rip one. I did enjoy Chewbacca just you know losing his shit when that. Yeah. Happened. Oh yeah. yeah. I, mean, I really did. Yeah. Um, can and, you just uh, see him like sub zeroing one of those assholes? Oh yeah. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of knew Chewbacca wasn't going to die when he got shot though. I'm like they're not going to shoot Chewbacca. And then kill him. <laughs> well, you know, I don't, I don't think you shoot Chewbacca for for one, for the same reason you don't destroy either of the droids. Those are characters that can be in every movie regardless mm-hmm. of how old they are, and you can always recast them, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, right. Anthony Daniels might be a bit more challenging, but you can ultimately recast that role. Um, so this leads us to the big lightsaber confrontation between Kylo Ren and Rey, and there is. The scene, and I, I, I love the I love the the fight between the two of them. But you know, she is clearly much stronger in the Force than Kylo Ren is. You know, him being a Skywalker, even him being a Skywalker, she's much more powerful in the Force, and she hasn't had the training that he he's had. Now we gather that he is not a Sith because he doesn't have the Darth title. You know that he is you know working up towards that perhaps. But we do see this is one of the things that that I, that I find challenging in the film. He does a lot more – he uses the Force a lot more effectively than we ever saw Darth Vader do, right? You know, we, we have – we have uh, we saw the Force used more effectively in the prequels than we saw in Episodes 4 through 6. And I know that, that it's, uh, it's uh, special effects technology advanced so much between those movies. But, you know, you see Kylo Ren using the Force a lot more effectively, pulling thoughts from people's minds, torturing them with the Force – uh, holding blaster fire in the air, right? I mean, it was all, you know, pretty impressive what he does, but even so, Ray, an untrained, uh, an untrained Jedi Knight is more powerful in the Force than he. So, uh, it was, it was fun watching her whoop his ass, 
in that in that you know big confrontation. And there was one line that I just wanted them to to have her say. I just wanted her to say, you know, hey, pretty boy, by the time I'm done with you, you're going to need that mask. You know, I just I, and I wanted her to just you know lightsaber burn him right across the nose. <laughs> I, oh God, that'd been great. Yeah, you know, or to force that you know his little hand guard. You know, we get to see uh, Finn is using uh, Ray's lightsaber at one point to defend her when she's been knocked down. And, which which is which is Luke's by the way. Right, Luke's lightsaber, yeah. and uh, he uh, when he's fighting Kylo Ren, Kylo Ren's forcing that little you know lightsaber hand guard into him. And that I would was have liked awesome. to see her do the same, kind of feed his lightsaber into his face. I think that would have been oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. But again, minor quibbles. But uh, I really dug the movie. I will say, uh, highly surprised uh, that I thought we were done. <laughs> uh, and I was highly surprised. You know, the whole the whole movie, I guess we probably should have said this earlier, the whole movie is about finding Luke Skywalker, right? Luke uh, had a bad experience when his Jedi Academy fell apart, when Kylo Ren, you know, uh, ruined it for everybody. And so he went into hiding, holding himself to blame. And he's gone off looking for, do I have this right, Paul, the original Jedi Temple? Yeah. And so, and... and Pro- proving that he is also a whitey bitch. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, pussy runs in the Skywalker line. Let's just say it. Uh, so... Uh, you know, he's gone off into, into hiding to find the, the, the original Jedi temple for whatever reason. And, uh, so at the end of the movie, they've got all the pieces of the puzzle together. R2 comes alive and says, Oh yeah, here's that missing piece you were looking for that we had all along. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So there's the big fanfare at the end, you know, where, where, uh, you know, Ray and, and Leia, you know, bond. And then Ray hops in the Falcon, becoming the new pilot of the Falcon, Chewie, her co-pilot, and they head off to find Luke. And I was just really surprised that that we go, that they did that as kind of like the end sequence, because uh, we do get to meet Luke, and you know clearly it's the the student seeking the teacher, and she holds out his lightsaber. We get to see Mark Hamill in his full-on uh, Jedi uh, beard, uh, a la Sir Alec Guinness, and end credits. Um, there was a moment in the film was like, are we going to go this entire movie and not see Mark Hamill? You know, I, I don't know if you guys felt that or not, but I was like, seriously, we're not going to see Mark Hamill at all. That guy gave up cigarettes and had to, had to, you know, exercise and take showers and whatnot. And, <laughs> <laughs> and we're not going to see him in this movie. I mean, he literally showed up to one day on the set. I just, uh, that was, yeah. that surprised me. One day and about four takes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll be in my trailer. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, but I, I I thought he looked pretty badass when they showed him. Oh no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, since we're just you know I love the film. I love the film. Yeah. I did have a couple of minor quibbles. One is um, Captain Phasma. Uh, the prevalence of that character in merchandising and advertising, and she was in it for five minutes, if that. Oh, is she the the, the shiny stormtrooper? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Gwendolyn Christie from Game of Thrones played her. Um. Who is she in Game of Thrones? Yeah, who is she in Game of Thrones? Uh, tall... The Stark daughter? Oh, no, no, no. The the tall knight chick. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, you know, not really prevalent to the film. But I, I get the impression that she will be in future films. Um, one of the, So two other things. Snoke. Supreme Leader Snoke. What a when horrible they, name, by the way. Yeah, horrible name. And when they first Terrible. showed him, I was like, oh, fuck. Seriously? A giant? A giant? 
is the new emperor. <laughs> and when they showed it was a hologram, I was like, whew, okay. Because <laughs> I was about to say, like, this is ridiculous. Um, and the only other qualm, and this was my biggest qualm with the film, again, nothing that detracted from my enjoyment of the film overall. Uh, but a, a minor quibble is, you know, the original trilogy and even the prequel trilogy, you had memorable locations like Coruscant, Mustafar, Tatooine, Naboo, um, Endor. All of them have unique appearances. In this film, um, Jakku looked like Tatooine light. I mean, it was just a desert with a couple of huts in it. Um, then you go to the, uh, the, the pirate planet. Which one just looks like a forest, and two, there's the castle, and you know they're going into the new cantina. I'm like, yes, new cantina, and it just kind of looks like a pub inside. Oh, but like, can I say the 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 I did, never caught her name. The character uh, Maz. Maz, I loved her. So yeah, fantastic, fantastic character. Who uh, who voiced her? Because she sounded uh, familiar, but I, I just didn't recognize the voice. Lupita. Uh, Young no. Oh uh, uh, yeah, I know. Uh, she was in. Uh, what nine years a slave? I think that's correct. Right. I think yeah. I'm getting that title right. Twelve. Yeah. Twelve years a slave. Twelve years a slave. Thank you. I was I was, I, I was shorting them three years. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say Aaron. Credit where credits um, due. Yeah. Sorry. A fantastic character. Yeah, and she great actress, and and I love her in the movie. I loved that character. I, I liked the design of the character. I liked the dialogue she had. Uh, I, I loved her glasses, you know? And, yeah. You know, I, I dug when she crawls across the table to get a better look at Finn, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, it's like Yoda mixed with the, the lady from The Incredibles. Exactly. Like, That's exactly. Jam those two together. Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> lady from The Incredibles is exactly who I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. totally dug her. But, but, you know, the lack of memorable, I mean, memorable characters, but memorable locations, even Starkiller Base and the new Rebel Base. I really like Starkiller Base. I like Starkiller Base, but that was like the most memorable um, lo- locale in the film. I yeah. thought, like, the, just there, there were so many um, locales that for me just didn't feel like they had the. This we're looking at an alien planet. Like even when um, she confronts Luke at the end on that Jedi temple, it was like it just looks like like an island. Like you know, <laughs> like an you well, know yeah. nothing really drew me out as a you know an alien planet. Um, you know, which the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy both did a really solid, solid job of. So, you know, I think about, you know, I think about theme parks because that's, you know, I, I'm a big theme park guy and I know they're building theme park attractions based on these things. And I'm like, I didn't see anything other than Killer Base that it seems like it would lend itself well to a theme park attraction. Well, let's talk about uh, briefly how cool some of the special effects were. The, the flight uh, when, uh, Ray flies the Falcon for the first time, and you know, and she's being chased by the TIE fighters. And oh, yeah. her cornering on the sands, you know, and she's just scraping the Falcon along the way. Uh, now, while wildly inappropriate, <laughs> looked cooler than hell. And the, every time the Falcon would fly low over water and you'd see the water uh, rippling up behind it, I was just like, yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't get enough of the Millennium Falcon on the screen. It was just so beautiful. And you can tell yeah. that JJ's a fanboy. I mean, it's lovingly, uh, you know, depicting the, the the Falcon. I mean, it was just gorgeous to look at. Yeah, the lightsaber battles. I mean, this, the lightsaber battles were not as fluid, and nor should they be. No one is a trained fighter in this film, right? Um, but you know, I mean, the 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 effects were just fantastic. The 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 the, the dog fight sequences. Yeah. I mean, just oh. lovingly rendered. And so satisfying to see the X wings doing cool stuff. You oh, know yeah. that that moment where 
you know, Chewie and Han and Finn are all captured by the First Order, and you just see the the, the these clouds rolling in across the water, and, and Han's like, it's the Resistance, and here come the X-Wings with Poe. You know, Poe's, yeah. Poe's leading the group. Uh, you know, and we thought that he was dead back on Jakku. Uh, it was really very cool. I mean, lots of, lots of like, you know, I, I remember there are several moments in the movie where I was like, wow. I mean, I was like literal audible. Wow. <laughs> I yeah, mean, but I, I was quite impressed with the look of the film. That Jakku stuff that you just mentioned, did the, when those TIE fighters crashed, I mean, you felt the crash. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, and I'm seeing it in, so in the big XD theater with just superb surround sound. And I mean, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the bass is rumbling in my chest. I mean, it was just great. It was great. Thoroughly enjoyed that. So, you know, we're, you know, rather than go on, because I, I feel like we have so much more discussion on this. Um, but, you know, final thoughts, I'm thinking. Um, uh, well, my, my final thought was um, after BB9 started talking, I turned to Juanita and said, I'm really glad Wally got a part in the Star Wars Because <laughs> that's what he sounded like. And that made him love, that made me love him more. I feel, like I, I feel like I need to head off the rash of comments and emails. We all understand that it's BB-8 he's talking about. BB-8, um, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I like what we're set up for. You know, at the end of the movie, Snoke says, well, it's time to bring Kylo Ren uh, back home to complete his training. So I imagine that means that Kylo Ren's going to graduate to a Sith Lord and that mm-hmm. hopefully in the next movie he, he has a Darth in front of his name. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm I'm excited about that, and we'll get to see more. We'll get to see some training of uh, Ray from from uh, Luke, and I'm hoping that they seize the opportunity to really have some chemistry between uh, Luke and Ray. Um, I'd really like to see. You know, we we were always given to believe that there was supposed to be this chemistry between Obi Wan and Anakin, and we never got that. Uh, I would like to see that in that movie. Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to see some chemistry between the two of them, and I'd like to. See, I, I I don't necessarily want Luke to be relegated to uh, the role of teacher. I want to see Luke be a badass before they cut him down. I I, I gather that you know, I, I feel that Luke's days are numbered now. Whether he makes it to the third movie, you know, is is up in the air. But if he's gonna die, don't have him die like a bitch. I want I want his death to be satisfying, and I want to see him do some cool stuff before then. Other than just being Yoda and you know, do or do not, there is no try. Yeah, and don't don't sideline Finn. I know he was injured at the end of this film, but do not sideline that character, yeah. that actor for the second film because he is such a solid actor and did, added so much to this film. Yeah, no, the, the, I, I, again, my quibbles with the movie are, are very small. I loved it. I will see it again in the theater uh, before it goes away, and uh, I will own it on Blu-ray when it comes out. Absolutely. So uh, just briefly, while you um, you know after you leave the theater, if you're looking for something to buy, to read, to uh, you know to enjoy, I know we talk about comics typically on this podcast. Um, pick up Star Wars: Darth Vader Annual Number One that came out this week. Um, does not tie into the film, but well, and we talk about it a lot. That Kieran Gillen just does an amazing job writing Darth Vader, and this is an example of just how cool and dark and evil and menacing he writes Darth Vader. And I really do wish the Star Wars guys who make the movies would take a page out of his book and make their 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 uh, Sith practitioners a little bit more badass than they're making them, because this is the Darth Vader that I wanted in the movies that you you, you get in Empire, you get in Star Wars, but you know you feel cheated by in Return of the Jedi, and you just don't get in you know the prequels. 
and you don't really get from Kylo Ren because Kylo Ren is, is just so weak as a bad guy. Um, I, I want to see if you're going to you've got these great good guys. Let's give them bad guys to fight that, that are worth a damn. I agree. Yeah. So anyway, good stuff. Uh, you know, we look forward to hearing your comments and, and about uh, The Force Awakens. So uh, you can put those in the sh- in the comments. Uh, they're on the site, ideologyofmadness.com. Or you can send us an email, ideologyofmadness at gmail.com. Or you can leave a voicemail, 972-763-5903. That number, once again, is 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the show, you'll win a cup coveted, valuable, Ideology of Madness surprise. And Paul, is it next week we do it? Is it next week in which we have the funnies, or is it the week after? Uh, the week after. So okay. two weeks until the funnies. Um, but, you know, it's, oh, since we're talking Christ. about prizes. <laughs> people, go ahead and get your voicemails in, get your comments in, because I will be giving away a Darth Vader trade paperback. <gasps> uh, no! Shut your mouth. Yes. Okay, well, Shut I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave a voicemail. Okay, well, you leave a voicemail, and other people <laughs> leave a voicemail because Aaron's not eligible. What? Um, if you're interested in this Kieran Gillen Darth Vader book, we've been talking so, spreading so much love all over. Um, you, you know, leave your, leave us a comment, voicemail, um, email, you know, something. Get in touch with us somehow, um, and uh, you know, you could be eligible to win Darth Vader. back. Sounds great. You guys have a good one. All right, bye, guys. Star Wars with Aaron and Polly is a production of IdeologyofMadness.com. Have a question, comment, concern? Give us a call on the Ideology of Madness hotline at 972-763-5903. That number, once again, is 972-763-5903. If we use your voicemail on the show, you'll win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. Star Wars is copyright Lucasfilm Limited. Order 66 was just a big misunderstanding. Palpatine was simply trying to order some Chinese takeout. Really, it it was just a big thing. Shouldn't have happened. You know, his bad.